0: Hi, I'm Rob Price, and I'm talking to some inspirational leaders of some of the leading AI and Gen AI businesses in the world. Welcome to Futurize.
1: Hi, I'm Danielle Relick, the CEO and founder of Ancora AI, Um, and really excited to be here today and my background is that I'm originally from Boston I studied information systems with a focus on healthcare information technology and I I studied that because I was just fascinated with how technology was going to make healthcare better and I think healthcare is one of the most noble industries to be in I unfortunately was not smart enough to be on the doctor care side uh, I was better at coding and um, when I learned about how you could build these technology these systems that could help deliver better care. I knew that was what I wanted to do, and so um, I spent my career kind of in these different healthcare institutions, uh, doing technology. So a little bit working with hospitals, with public health departments, and with pharma, and doing that in Boston, Los Angeles, and Zurich. And with that, had a fantastic opportunity to learn how these big players work. Um, what does technology look like in these settings? And uh, it was kind of with doing this work that uh, I had a few personal situations where uh, people were getting sick. And I was aware of the great innovation happening because of this work with pharma. I was aware of clinical trials, especially in oncology. And uh, I was surprised that friends and family eight miles north of Boston uh, weren't being offered the chance to participate in trials. And so I was looking for them. And as a tech person, when you are reading through lots of lengthy, complicated text. Uh, it dawns on you pretty fast that we could probably do that better. And that's where I decided, you know what, um, let me see if if I can address at least this problem, which would have made my life better if I had a tool like this. Um, and hopefully I can help others get access to this really important information that for some people is the difference between life or death. And so that's Encora AI is what I've built, um, launched in 2020. Uh, basically, we're using AI to help Cancer patients at the moment connect to clinical trials, hopefully hopefully expanding to other therapeutic areas. Um, but what I mean by that is we use technology, specifically natural language processing, to help us organize clinical trial information. So with limited patient medical data that you volunteer via an anonymous questionnaire, uh, we kind of return to you trials that are relevant for you, and we rank them based on the fit of the answers you've given us to what the trials are looking for. And all of that to hopefully make the process of accessing trials a more data-driven and systematic one.
0: So, in a sense, if my next question was going to be around who's that product for, then and and, and look, we talked earlier in terms of um, I, I too this year, especially, have kind of um, experienced cancer through friends and family. Is it is it is that the target is the person with? person living with cancer, that is the immediate benefit because it's about how do you make it easy for them to engage in a way to find the the trial or or the people, wherever they might be, who can most likely help them?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because there's uh, what I wish was the answer and what is the answer. And so um, what I wish the answer is, who are my users? I wish they were healthcare providers. I wish it was nurses, oncologists, nurse navigators, um, unfortunately, healthcare systems are not perfect. And um, I'm sure we all know we have shortage of staff. Uh, we have people with not enough time to do their, their daily tasks, Never mind trials, which are a bit additional for a lot of these kind of healthcare providers, just one more thing to do. And so while if it was perfect world and I could say who I wish our users were, I would say it's healthcare providers. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not, and I think we all know that probably too well. And so um, our biggest users are actually the patients or their families or loved ones. So we've had a lot of brothers, sisters, wives, husbands, um, daughters, sons, you name it, uh, and patients themselves. And so um, I think it's absolutely right. We need one is just the general awareness about what are trials and why are they really important to consider. But uh, also, how do you help people get there? And um, there's a lot of complexity in terms of language and uh, the medical industry I think is fantastic in building up this jargon and so this is where I really think technology has an opportunity to kind of unlock access to this information uh, and make it much more accessible so that people that want to get access to this information can.
0: Is that simply at a point in time you're able to effectively connect them with someone who can help or is there an ongoing relationship in the context of the services that you provide? is Is it simple a one-off handshake to get to the right people, or does that continue to evolve as a relationship over time?
1: Uh, so I think it, a little bit of both. Um, if we so someone comes through the platform, answers, finds a trial, and says, "Oh, can you help me get connected?" Uh, we'll do the work to call the pharma, try to get to the hospital, find the main doctor leading the trial to make the the connection. Uh, That would be the one-off scenario if that worked uh, as simply as I said. Uh, Unfortunately, it does not. Uh, I think a lot of pharma and hospitals never thought patients would find these trials on their own, would want to go on their own to these trials. So we've actually had a lot of difficulties with this, what I call kind of this last mile, which is how do I find the right person just to connect uh, the patient over Uh, Specifically in the UK, it's been the consultant referral process, which has also been a a bit of a blocker. Um, And then some sites are blinded, so the hospitals are blinded, so you don't know where to start. Uh, So there's a lot of process that still needs to be done. And for that reason, it's it's not as easy as a one-off. So sometimes um, we hit a dead end with a pharma or a hospital, and we have to find other trials. And so that happens as well. But um, we're also encouraging people that you know, maybe right now you don't need a trial. And and I, I would hope that, you know, that's most of the, the cases, but we encourage people to log on just to see what's happening. So in case you might need it in the future, or maybe you're on a therapy now, you're not sure it's working, uh, just to easily access this and just be informed. Because the more you're informed, the more you can have these better conversations with your healthcare providers. I strongly believe patients as partners, uh, so you can kind of empower yourself. So I'd say, you know, one off would be if um, everything worked perfectly and it doesn't. So it, it is a bit of a, a longer relationship. But also for those exploring trials, it's a longer relationship. And I'm ecstatic when I see that people are using it just to just to be on top of this.
0: Obviously, in the context of the subject and people's personal data and record, medical records, and I mean, th- there must be a lot of sensitivity in terms of the information that's being processed um generally what i find in in the medical and pharma space is there is a strong understanding around uh, responsibility and, and ethics in the way in which that data is used how how have you approached it as a business in the context of the work you've been doing
1: yeah so i uh, i believe in offer value and if someone finds value then you ask them to register or provide that personal information Um, I think it's hugely disrespectful to require pulling in medical records and all these things without even knowing if you can help someone. And then a lot of people sell that data to go make money after that. Um, So I think that hasn't really been contributing to trust in the healthcare space. Uh, But from our perspective, it's you answer questions, it's completely anonymous. It's just, you know, what kind of cancer? Have you had chemo, et cetera? We don't ask for birth date, just the year. And if you want to go plus five or minus five, we're never going to hold you accountable to that. Um, So we ask those kind of general questions and then we show trials and then should you find a trial, then we do need a way to contact you and we need your consent to share that information with the doctor on the other side, because they're essentially going to help us do that first review of, okay, is this patient really qualified for this trial? So that's when we have the PII or more sensitive information And, um, we guard all that data with our lives. Uh, yeah, very much so. And, um, we also have, we're completely compliant with GDPR in terms of data deletion. Um, and we use it really specifically to serve patients in terms of getting to these trials. We don't ask for any medical records or genetic testing results. We're kind of asking for your understanding of that. And, uh, I would love to I guess uh, make it easier and that you could upload a, a record and you know we could extract the information and help you match to trials uh, but we saw a few things there in terms of at the hospital level it really was a huge lift to be able to get access to to records to do that and so uh, everyone we talked to have said that's a graveyard to venture into because the lift to be able to get that information is huge and then the responsibility of having that information is also is also big um, and of course, with consent, you need specific consent. And so I think um, the way we've done it, I, I like it a lot better in terms of if you've come to us and we've been able to help you, then, you know, we'll get the information as we need it. Uh, but I won't ask for anything up front.
0: One of the things that strikes me is if as you build um, your your business and build that history of referrals or, or connectivity into trials. They're not referrals, probably. They're it's connection, isn't it? Making connection. Um that there must be a lot of data potentially that you could collect around the effective, not not the sole data, but information that feeds into the effectiveness of those trials. Um is that part of the thinking around what you're doing because I guess that's also got another high level of responsibility in the way that information is then used in conjunction with others?
1: Yeah, to be honest, when we first started, um, that didn't cross our minds because I think the task at hand was already quite big enough for us to try to solve this matching that um, was quite difficult because the data is very difficult to work with. But um, recently we've had, as we've seen more and more traffic on this site, we've had um, people ask us for seeing what are the unmet needs? So in certain areas, you know, if we see people searching for a certain type of trial in a location that maybe has no trials for that indication, is that a good idea now to go set up, let's say, a prostate cancer trial there? So um, people have started to ask us. uh, We will explore, I guess, and I mean, it has to be aggregate and um, it can't be, it just has to be the, the high level kind of analytics around it. But I think if it can help serve patients better, by figuring out what trials are needed in these various places, then um, I definitely would consider it. But it wouldn't be, again, it wouldn't be anything um, personal information. It would really just be the aggregate numbers. Um, Once we have enough volume too, I think I'd like to see more people coming through before we do that.
0: You said at the start um, that this was a market, a sector that was really important in terms of the impact it has, because it's people's lives, isn't it? I mean, as, as, as we've talked about. Um, thinking about that in terms of as you've built out your team, I, I'm imagining therefore that it is that combination of as as you said when you introduced your own experience, combination of people wanting to make a difference in that space, combined with an understanding of AI, data, technology, and 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 the medical practices around that. Is that the case? So yes. I think I think that's a summary of saying. I'm guessing that there's a queue of people waiting to join you rather oh. than <laughs> talent attraction being a challenge.
1: You know, that's yeah, that's actually I've never really reflected on that. But um, yeah, I have to say, I think the, the impact of it draws a lot of attention. I think anyone who's gone through seeing a friend or a family member uh, suffer with cancer or even any other. Um, you know, big disease in a way, has seen how frustrating it can be to get answers, to to understand or, or believe that you have the right care pathway. And there's so much work to be done. And I think with that, we do get a lot of people who are motivated to help um, just to make this world a little bit of a better place. And for them, I am eternally grateful because, uh, to be honest, we cannot compete with the salaries of Google and Facebook who will pay you lovely dollars for building out digital marketing platforms. Or I can't remember the quote, but I think it's, uh, quote, our best minds are working on how to make you click on a button. So uh, there's definitely that talent pool that, yeah, we can't afford to, to compete with. But I think it's been, we've had a lot of, I mean, I, I, at first I thought maybe just younger people who were interested to see something different. But it's really been a range of people and experience and you know, some people who have 25 years experience in the medical area who maybe are frustrated with the progress that they had seen and then again experienced you know, someone having a condition or themselves um, being sick and really seeing the gaps and wanting to make a difference. So I, I do think for that or being with the impact and the mission of the, the company, I, we've been very lucky to get really good talent. Compared to um, what we could afford, I guess, if we were ha- if we had to just go based on salary.
0: And I think earlier you said you're in Zurich. Is everybody in Zurich, or are you? Because I, I know also that you're serving people around lots of different countries. Not you. You mentioned UK earlier, for example. Is there a, is there an ambition if you th- if you like as you move forward, can to to um, bring people into the team in in different geographies, or um, to serve from um, Switzerland.
1: Oh I, I would love that um I mean if I if I had all the money <laughs> and uh, and resources to do so I, I would love that because I, I think there's nuances to healthcare systems in these different geographies also I don't think it's a strictly technical service I think it's a bit of if you say SAS plus um you know this this kind of people component to it and for a people component I think when it's yeah people within the the country you can have a much greater impact and trust with those communities so uh if If I can build up to this, uh, yes, I would absolutely love that. Um, Currently, we have people helping us in the US, Switzerland, and um, the technical team is mostly in Croatia as well. So those are kind of the three places that we have a bit of a physical presence in, but I would really love to see that we could expand at least UK, Spain. Um, There's a few other places that we've had our eyes on, but uh, hopefully soon.
0: Excellent. And and so which brings me to the last question again around the ambition. So so to follow through that that uh, team ambition in terms of growing the team, how do you think about where the impact that you want to make as a business on, on the world? So how do you describe where you want to be in three years, for example, or whatever time frame is right for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I could dream dream, it would be that hopefully no patient has to use our site in five years and that we're really embedded in healthcare systems, um, maybe just an alert proactively as someone is entering someone's diagnosis and the outcomes of a genetic testing report that we're pulling that data in automated, uh, organizing it, matching it up, and suggesting these trials. I mean, that would be amazing if we could achieve that in five years. A, a bit of a stretch, <laughs> I mean, it's been a journey with AI, I'm sure everyone uh, says the same, but when we we first started, when I first pitched this in 2019, I had someone in a pharma industry and R&D tell me that this was never possible with NLP, that this data, you cannot work with it with our current models. And I had said, and he had tried it. And I said, okay, yeah, you tried it three years ago, but NLP three years ago, so different from NLP today. And now I think we can say NLP eight months ago, so different from NLP today. And so um, I think maybe that's one one big accelerator that we'll have. And also in the beginning, uh, physicians didn't want to hear that we were using AI. So it was, I'm the expert, not AI. So you know, don't this thing can't tell me what to do. I've had a lot of conversations like that. But now with ChatGPT, where AI has become more accessible, I think it, there's a little bit, there's a lot of less resistance, and uh, I think people understand or. Feel like they understand, I'm not sure. But uh, that accessibility has really also changed now our opportunities with healthcare systems, where now there's a lot of motivation to use AI. And I don't know if that's because it's being pushed down from the C suite. I won't ask questions. I'm just happy to see it there. Um, but we've seen a lot more openness to using that. And so I hope those are going to be the things that contribute to maybe in five years that we can do this extraction, we can trust it. Uh, and we can deploy it in these systems like data-driven and systematic. If I were to describe my perfect uh, world of healthcare, it would be those things. And for trials for reference today, it's I would even argue it's the opposite. It is luck-based um, and it's based on the physician you have, what assumptions they've made about you, what they happen to remember about trials. And that determines if you'll be offered a trial and which ones. And so I if in five years, we can switch that to instead of luck-based, data-driven, systematic, I would consider this just uh, the, the biggest thing that I could probably accomplish in my life.
0: It's, it's, I mean, it's a brilliant conversation because, of course, in terms of using the technology to make a difference to people's lives and to have a true impact that you can see, you can measure, you can feel, it's, it's just such a brilliant example. So it's been uh, a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you.
1: Oh, Thank you so much. Thank you.